Hello all my nieces and nephews, and welcome to Auntie JoJo's Library. My library is open to all listeners, but it was created for my wonderful nieces and nephews. This episode, we are going to be reading chapter 7, chapter 8, chapter 9, chapter 10, chapter 11, and chapter 12 from the book The Plant That Ate Dirty Socks by Nancy MacArthur. Our previous episode, we read chapters 1 through 6. If you haven't had a chance to listen to those, I recommend going back to the previous episode so you can hear the first half of this book. So if you're ready, I'm ready. Let's get started. Chapter 7 Coming home late from school one day, Michael found a note on the kitchen table. Back at 6, snacks in the refrigerator. Love, Mom. P.S. No humming, no fighting. Michael called Norman's name. No answer. He headed for their room. Maybe Norman had not heard him. The floor, the door was open. Norman was not there. Neither was Fluffy. Michael panicked. Had Fluffy been stolen? Norman would be heartbroken. But why would burglars take one plant and not Michael's too? Was anything else gone? For one sinking moment, he wondered if Norman was also stolen. But who else could put up with him for more than five minutes, especially if he had started singing? Anyone who stole Norman would have brought him back by now. He calmed down and got Norman's magnifying glass. There were clues in the room, but the carpeting there were no clues in the room, but the carpeting in the hall showed faint skateboard tracks. It looked like Fluffy had been rolled out. He followed the tracks around the corner it, around the corner to the front door. Just outside on the front walk lay another clue. An ice cream cone-shaped leaf. Had there been a struggle? He followed the tracks around the corner to the front. Sorry, I already read that. Michael looked up and down the street. No Fluffy, no burglars, no Norman. A neighbor, Miss Smith, was clipping bushes in her front yard four houses down. Running over, he called out, Have you seen anybody go by with a big weird plant or my brother? Yes, Norman went by a little while ago, pushing a very big plant on rollers. When I asked him what he was doing, he said he was taking it for a walk. That Norman, he's so cute, always kidding around. Uh, which way did they go? Miss Smith pointed down towards the street, around that corner. Michael ran on. Turning the corner, he saw Norman halfway down the block with Fluffy towering over him. Gathered around were four kids and three grown-ups. They were touching Fluffy and asking questions. What kind of plant is this? Where can I get one of these? How did you get it to grow so big? Norman was answering truthfully. I can't exactly say. You'd better come home now, said Michael. He grabbed Fluffy's main stem and pulled. Norman pushed, and they rolled away from the crowd. Everybody likes Fluffy, said Norman, but I didn't think that they would ask him any questions. You didn't tell them about the socks, did you? No, but it's hard not to. If we could tell everybody, we'd be famous. We'd be on TV. Forget TV. If we didn't keep our deal, deal, it'd be a, it'd be goodbye, Fluffy, and my plant too. After they rounded the corner, the sidewalk slanted slightly downhill, so Fluffy rolled along more easily. They did not want to push or pull just to just to steer and keep it on the sidewalk. Michael let go and stopped picking up Michael let go to stop and pick up a blue jay feather. When he caught up, Norman was jogging to keep up with the plant. Michael slowed it down. They were only six houses from home. In their driveway, Dad had come home early and was taking groceries, grocery bags out of the car. 
Michael noticed a bee following Norman. He warned, don't turn around and don't make any sudden moves. Huh? said Norman. Now don't get excited. There's a bee following you. Norman held his head still, but the bee flew right towards his face. He let go of Fluffy and ran down towards the nearest yard. Michael shoved Fluffy's front wheels into the edge of the grass and sprinted towards Norman. Stand still, he yelled. Norman stopped. The bee came right up to his nose. He looked at it cross-eyed, but he did not move. Then the bee lost interest in Norman's nose and flew away. The boys turned back to Fluffy, but Fluffy was not where Michael had left it. It was rolling away down the sidewalk with its leaves waving in the breeze. Miss Smith looked up from her clipping. She smiled as the huge plant whizzed by. Oh, that Norman, she exclaimed. She called, your plant is going to walk away by itself. Dad saw the plant zooming down the sidewalk and his sons racing after it. Stop that! Plant, yelled Michael. Fluffy, come back, shouted Norman. Dad stepped out on the sidewalk, ready to grab the plant. As it hurtled towards him, he caught hold of the branch. Fluffy whirled around and and tore away from his grasp, but that slowed it enough for Michael to catch up and get a good hold. Norman tackled the pot with both his arms. The boys and Fluffy fell over in a heap of grass, in a heap on the grass. Dad helped them get untangled. After he had after he had made sure they were not hurt, he got mad. What is this plant doing running loose around the house? He yelled. Michael explained. I thought Fluffy was plant napped and maybe Norman too. Norman added, I was just taking Fluffy for a walk. We didn't mean to let him get away. It was the beast's fault, Dad replied. When when you're both ready to start making sense, let me know. Now get that crazy plant back in the house before anyone else sees it. But of course, the yelling and the sight of the monster plant skateboarding down the block had gone unnot- had not gone unnoticed. Some neighbors were peering out their windows. Others had come outside for a better look. Miss Smith was telling them all about it. Dad smiled and waved at the neighbors just as if speeding plants were a regular everyday thing. After, they wrestled Fluffy back into the house. Dad warned sternly, don't ever take that plant for a walk again. Norman said, I could save up and buy Fluffy a leash. No, handcuffs? Said Norman, hopefully, don't even think about it, said Dad. Norman dropped the subject. He could see that Dad was about to start to yell again. These plants are getting to be more trouble than they're worth, grumbled Dad. Michael protested. Don't blame my plant. Mine stayed home and minded its own business. Dad looked mad. At school, Jason asked Michael, have you thought of something for the science project yet? Not yet. Maybe I'll skip it this year if I can't think of something really great. Are you still going to build a volcano that really works? Yeah, but I haven't figured out how to make it explode or what to use for lava. Maybe you could come over and help me decide what to do. Are you ever going to get permission to sleep over at my house? Pretty soon, I hope. I have to persuade my mom. Then hurry up and talk to her about it, said Jason. We'll have a good time staying up late and talking and eating pizza and going through all my junk. Okay, said Michael. Then it'll be my turn to have you stay at the house, he added casually. Do you ever wake up in the middle of the night? Never. My mom and dad always say a marching band could stomp through my room playing a full blast and I wouldn't even notice. I don't even hear my alarm clock. They have to drag me out of bed by my feet to get me up in the morning. You're a really sound sleeper, said Michael, who was happy to hear this. Yeah, what did you want to know that for? My mom doesn't like house guests who wake up easily during the night. Why? Does she make a lot of noise at night? No, just having light sleepers in the house would make her nervous. Well, I won't make her nervous, Jason assured him. An elephant stampede wouldn't wake me up. 
We don't have many elephant stampedes, chuckled Michael, or marching bands either, at least not at night. They both bursted out laughing. The part about the elephant ele- <laughs> the part about the elephant stampede convinced Dad, but Mom still had some doubts. We just can't take a chance on Jason seeing the plants eat. He'll never know, argued Michael. He'll be asleep, Mom protested. But when I was a kid, we stayed up most of the night at sleepovers. Our parents kept yelling at us to shut up. I promise we'll go to sleep long before the plants eat, said Michael. Nobody wants to sleep at a sleepover, said Mom. Michael was ready for that one. We'll have him over Friday night, he explained, since that's a school day. We'll get, we'll all be up early that morning, so we won't be able to stay up real late. I promise I'll turn out the lights early enough and stop talking to him, so I'll have to go to sleep. Okay, agreed Mom, but you go to Jason's first, just to make sure he really is a sound sleeper. Then we'll be sure, then we'll be sure we won't be taking any chances. Chapter 8 So Michael accepted Jason's invite for a Friday night and took along an alarm clock. They laughed and ate pizza and went through Jason's junk to pick out some possible stuff for making lava. Sure enough, since they had gotten up so early that morning, they could barely stay awake until midnight. Jason's mother had to yell at them to shut up only twice. Late that night, the plant about the plant snack time, Michael's alarm went off, waking only Michael. He was delighted to see that Jason didn't even twitch. As soon as Michael got home Saturday, he started making plans for next Friday's sleepover at his house. Mom said, you can sleep on the floor and let Jason have your bed. What about Norman? asked Michael. What about him? He always goes right to sleep. I don't want him in there. We can't talk if he's listening. Then make a deal with him. If he lets Jason have the bed for one night, the next weekend he can have Bob over. You can take turns sleeping on the couch. Bob's mother's always joking about what a sound sleeper he is, so it would be safe for him to stay overnight. Norman hated sleeping on the couch, but all Michael had to do was offer to let him use the gorilla head, and he went for it right away. That night, they were going to sleep. Norman asked, You're not going to tell Jason about the plant. plants eating socks, are you? Of course not. But what if he sees them eating? He won't. He'll be asleep. He better be. I don't want anything to happen to Fluffy. Nothing's going to happen to Fluffy or my plant either. Don't you love your plant? Sure. Then why don't you give it a name? You keep calling it your plant. It's your pet, so it should have a name. That's silly. But if it doesn't have a name, it must think you don't care about it as much as I care about Fluffy. It knows I care about it. How can it if you don't tell it? Norman, go to sleep. Good night, mumbled Norman. Then Michael heard him whisper, Good night, Fluffy. Good night, Mr. Michael's plant. Michael waited a moment, then he reached out in the dark and quietly patted a few of his plant leaves to sort of say goodnight. Friday afternoon, Michael and Mom changed the sheets on Norman's bed for Jason and put a pillow and blanket on the living room couch. Norman wheeled Fluffy out next to the couch to spend the night with him there. He suggested to Michael, maybe we should put yours out here too. Then there won't be any chance Jason will wake up and see the plant eating. Don't worry, he won't wake up. I already made sure he's a sound sleeper. Besides, he'd wonder why my plant wasn't in my room. He knows that's where I keep it. 
Are you going to tell ghost stories? Asked Norman. Maybe. Can I listen? No, but if you tell a ghost story, I could listen outside the door and then run in with the gorilla head on, and that would surely scare Jason. He'd like that. That wouldn't scare him. It used to be his gorilla head, remember? Oh, yeah. I forgot, Norman. Looked very disappointed. You can have some of our pizza, said Michael, if you eat it somewhere else. Okay, said Norman. But what could he surprise Jason with? He hated to pass up a good chance to scare somebody. Of course, his friend his friend Bob's Frankenstein head. That would really surprise Jason and Michael, too. He ran all the way over to Bob's to borrow it. He brought the rubber head home, folded up, folded it up under his sweater, and hid it under the couch cushion. Jason's mother dropped him off after dinner. Wow, he said, your plants have gotten a lot bigger. I wish I had one of those. When they grow seeds, can I have some? I don't think these are going to grow seeds, said Michael. Norman, do you want to trade for your plant? I've got a lot of stuff here, and I'm willing to make a deal. No, it's my pet. A pet plant? Michael thought Jason would laugh. Instead, he said, that's a good idea. You really think so? Asked Michael. Sure. My mom won't let me have a cat or a dog. She's allergic to every animal I can think of, except snakes, lizards, and tarantulas, and she won't let me have those either. He stroked the leaves of Michael's plants. A monster one like this would be a great pet, like a giant weird creature. You could even talk to it and pretend it talks back. That's right, said Norman. I always... Oh, Michael was standing on his foot. Why don't you get another kind of plant, Michael suggested to Jason. Nothing would be as good as this kind, he replied. When mom and dad went to bed, they tucked Norman in on the couch and turned off the the lights and TV. In the quiet, he could hear Michael and Jason talking and laughing far off in the bedroom, but he could not hear what they were saying. How could he know what would be a good time to burst in wearing the Frankenstein head unless he could hear what they were talking about? He took the mask from under the cushion, grabbed his blanket, and crept into the hall. Just a little light shone from the nightlight in the bathroom. Norman sat down outside the bedroom door to hear if they were telling scary stories yet, but they were only talking about their friends. Then they started arguing about which teacher at school was the meanest. That was so boring. He pulled the mask over his head to be ready when they changed the subject. It was getting late. Snuggled in his warm blanket, sitting on the soft carpeting and leaning against the wall, he decided to close his eyes just for a minute. He could listen with his eyes closed. Hours later, Norman woke up. He had to go to the bathroom. Everything was quiet, still mostly asleep. He wondered what he was doing in the hall. He stood up and turned towards the bathroom. Then he froze. From the end of a hall, end of the hall in the dim light, he saw a Frankenstein monster coming right at him. He screeched, opened the bedroom door, ran in, and slammed it behind him. Monster! Monster! He was screaming in blood-curling tones. Out of the dark, Michael's voice said groggily, What? What? He turned on the light and saw a short Frankenstein wearing Norman's pajamas. He was so surprised that he fell out of bed. Jason, awakened by the scream, squinted sleepily at both of them. From the floor, Michael asked, Norman, are you all right? The monster's coming down the hall, yelled Norman. Michael was a little more awake now, and things were starting to make sense. What kind of monster? Frankenstein, like the mask I got from Bob to scare you. Calm down, Norman. You're wearing the mask. I think you saw yourself in the mirror at the end of the hall. Norman stood behind him as he opened the door. Michael peeked out. No monster, he reported. Norman peeked out. But I saw it. Michael pulled up out of pulled him out of the hall. Look at look at the mirror, he said. Norman saw the monster standing next to Michael. He put his hand on his nose and felt the mask. He saw the monster touching touching his nose too. 
It's wearing my pajamas, said Norman. So it must be me. I have to go to the bathroom, he announced and left Michael standing in the hall. Michael could hardly believe it. After all that, Norman had just gone off to the bathroom as if nothing happened. The kid was definitely weird. The other bathroom door opened and Mom came out. You woke me up, she complained. I want you kids to stop all that noise. Not another peep out of you tonight. It's not my fault, said Michael. They heard the toilet flush from the bathroom flush. The bathroom door opened and little Frankenstein walked out. Mom screeched. It's only Norman, Michael reassured her. He wanted to scare us. He certainly succeeded. Norman, this is not funny. I had to go to the bathroom, Norman replied, as if that explained everything. Mom said, evidently, Jason is the only one of you with any common sense. He's still in bed. It must be two or three in the morning. "Uh Uh-oh, said Michael. He dashed into his room. Jason was wide awake, staring in stunned amazement at Michael's plant as it ate its nightly meal. Michael knew he had to do something fast, so he snapped off the light and announced, we're all having a nightmare together. In the morning, we'll really laugh about this. Let's go back to bed now. Jason turned the light back on. Wait a minute. This is not a dream. Your plant really ate a sock. What sock? asked Norman, trying to be helpful. The sock, said Jason, but there was no sock to be seen. The plant had sucked it all in. See, said Norman, there's no sock here. Quit kidding, said Jason. This is serious. How could you all stand there so calmly while the plant eats socks? Why aren't you excited about this? You don't even look surprised. Then the truth dawned on him. You knew. You knew all this before. You've kept it a secret, right? Michael did not know what to say. Mom sent Norman to wake Dad. You'll have to turn on the light and poke him. He's wearing earplugs so you kids won't keep him awake. After Norman left the room, Jason whispered, Why is he wearing a Frankenstein mask in the middle of the night? Michael replied, Norman likes to disguise at all hours. Mom called after Norman. Before you wake your father, take off the Frankenstein face. Too late, from the bedroom came a hair-raising screech. Chapter 9 After Mom got Dad calmed down, the two of them went into the living room to argue in low voices about what to do about Jason's discovery. Michael's plant rustled its leaves. Jason asked, where did that breeze come from? The window's not open. That's not a breeze, said Michael. The plant burped. Did you hear that? exclaimed Jason excitedly. It burped. This is great. This is a disaster, Michael told Norman. Does does yours eat socks too? Jason asked Norman. Does it burp? I promise never to tell, Norman said firmly. My lips are zipped. You can tell me, said Jason. I won't tell anybody. Besides, I know most of it already. Norman took off his Frankenstein head and looked at Jason suspiciously. We can make a deal, Jason added. How? I'll keep quiet about your secret and you let me have one of the plants. Never, shouted Norman. Jason, you've got to be kidding, said Michael. No, I really want one of these plants. Guys, called Dad, come out here and let's talk. The boys sat in a row on the couch. Dad began, Jason. You may be wondering about some unusual things you've seen here tonight. Your plant eats socks, said Jason. That's what I saw. It's amazing. Yes, well, uh, continued Dad. They burp too, said Jason. They're great. They bounce up and down on the couch. He bounced up and down on the couch with enthusiasm, making Michael and Norman bounce too. Well, uh, Jason, um, let me put it another way. You're going to have to keep your trap shut about this. Norman piped up. Jason tried to blackmail me. He said he'd keep quiet if we gave him one of our plants. Jason protested, that's not blackmail exactly, just a deal. I really want a plant like that, and you've got two. You're not getting fluffy, said Norman sternly, giving Jason a dirty look. Not for a million dollars. Are you not get? and you're not getting Stanley either. Who's Stanley? asked Michael, mom, dad, and Jason in chorus. 
my brother's plan, and you're not getting her. Her? said everybody. That's what I call her, explained Norman. You can call her whatever you want. Michael hasn't named her yet. During all this, Fluffy had been standing there quietly. Now he rustled his leaves, then burped. Amazing, exclaimed Jason. Then Fluffy said, X. Jason's mouth, mouth fell open. Who said that? he asked. Me, said Fluffy. Norman clapped and, stomp, and stamped with delight. A talking plant? screamed Jason. He jumped up to get a better look and bumped into Fluffy. Ow, said the plant. I'm sorry, Jason apologized. I didn't mean to hurt you. Are, are you all right? Me, said Fluffy again. Yes, yes, said Jason anxiously. Go on. You what? Ow, continued Fluffy. You still hurt? Where? Fluffy did not reply. It's not answering. It must be unconscious, said Jason frantically. Somebody do something. Call a plant doctor. Norman danced gleefully around the room. Mom and Dad were trying not to laugh out loud. Okay, said Michael. We might as well tell Jason the truth about Norman's deep, dark, secret powers. Huh? Said Norman, Dad and Mom. Unknown to the outside world, Michael continued. My ordinary-looking brother is in reality a master ventriloquist. Jason turned to Norman with astonishment. You throw your voice so it sounds like the plant's talking? Norman replied in a strange tone and hoped it sounded like Fluffy. That's right. I'm a master ventriloquist. What? asked Jason. Norman tried again. I mean, vanillaquist. Nice try, said Jason, but I don't believe it. Do you believe a plant talks? asked Michael. More than I believe Norman is a vanilla ventriloquist. Throw his voice. Looking exhausted, Jason plopped down on the nearest chair. But you know, said Michael soothingly, that nobody would believe you about the plant eating socks and another one talking to you. True, Jason agreed. Anybody I told about this would think I was, wasn't all there upstairs. So you promise you won't tell anybody? Yeah, said Jason with his eyelids drooping. But when they get seeds, can I have some? We're hoping they won't have any seeds, said Mom. Now back to bed. I don't want to hear another peep out of you, and this goes for you too, Fluffy. As she and Dad went into their room, Michael heard her say, Those blasted plants are more trouble than they're worth. That worried him, but he fell asleep before he had a chance to think about it. Breakfast was a team effort. Mom supervised and mixed the pancake batter. Dad poured it into circles in the pan, while Michael flipped and shoveled the pancakes onto plates. Jason poured the juice and Norman's at the table. When no one was looking, Norman poured the whole big bottle of syrup into his super splasher water blaster. Then he went around squirting at everyone's pancakes and hitting quite a few other things too. Mom looked for another bottle of syrup, but there wasn't one. I don't like it, but I guess we're stuck with the syrup blaster, she concluded. Stuck is right, said Dad, wiping syrup drips from his sleeve with a paper napkin that kept tearing apart, bits stuck to his sleeve and the table. This is great, Norman, Norman exclaimed and held out his plate. Norman pumped a puddle of goo over his pancakes and hand to, Oops, said Norman. Jason licked his fingers and laughed. This is a lot better than a plain old bottle, he said. Michael had to admit to himself that Norman did have a good idea every once in a while. When Jason's mother picked him up after breakfast, he told Michael, My family never does anything exciting like yours. Staying at my house is boring compared to this. After Jason left, Dad said, Well, that's it for having anybody ever stay the night. We can't do this again until we do something about those plants. Norman argued, But I already invited Bob over for next Friday. We'll have to put that off until we figure out what to do. One information leak is bad enough. We're not risking another. 
No fair, whined Norman. You promise. Michael was getting a sinking feeling in the pit of his stomach. What do you mean, figure out what to do? He asked. The plants are causing problems. We didn't think about it when we decided to keep them, Dad explained. Now we know what we can't, can't, now we know we can't count on anybody sleeping well at all through the night here. And what do we do when your grandparents come stay for a whole week? I know if my mother sees one of those plants make a move, she'll call the police first thing and ask questions later. They won't arrest Fluffy, will they? asked Norman. No, said Dad, unfortunately not. Maybe I should make a disguise for him just in case Grandma comes, said Norman. No, said Mom, this whole situation is weird enough already. But what about my sleepover? demanded Norman. You promise. After what happened last night, we can't be sure Bob won't wake up, replied Mom. It wasn't my fault, said Norman. I had to go to the bathroom. Besides, we could put both plants in the living room with Michael. Then it won't bother. Then it won't matter if Bob wakes up. We just have to keep him from the living room. I could build a fence across the door or tie Bob's foot to the bedpost just in case. No, said Mom. We could just tell him not to go to the living room, suggested Michael. But we'd have to give him a reason, said Dad. Let's tell him it's haunted, said Norman. No, said Dad. You promised I could have Bob over next Friday, said Norman. He slumped his shoulders and put his pathetic look on put on his pathetic look that he did so well. You promised. Even Michael felt sorry for him. I could move the couch across the living room, he said, and put the plant next to the same wall. That Bob that way Bob couldn't see the plants from the hall if he did wake up. And he couldn't get into the living room without climbing over me. That that would wake me up and I could stop him. Well, Mom said, that could work, said Dad, and we did promise. Norman switched on his most winning smile. And we can have pizza, can't we? Just like you promised. All right, said Mom. Norman was, ha- was so happy that he ran off to tell Fluffy. So he did not hear Dad say, but we still have to do something about those plants. Now Michael was really worried. Chapter 10 That night, he dreamt that his plant grabbed his grandmother by her sock. That made her so mad that she chopped down both plants with an axe and called the police. They ran in and started saying camp t- and started singing Camp Town Races. The plants were lying on the floor singing, Do-da, do-da, they sounded just like Norman. Michael woke up. Early morning sunlight was shining through the plant leaves. Norman was howling, Do-da, do-da, X, said Fluffy. Michael groaned, Will you two shut up? It's going to be a rough day. He went back to sleep. Jason was so delighted to be in the secret of the school plant, a uh, secret of the plants, that he kept whispering to Michael in school about them. Michael worried about being overheard, so he decided they could use code words: pancakes for socks, Stanley for Michael's plant, and Fluffy for Fluffy. Then it would not matter if someone heard him whispering about Stanley eating a fudge ripple pancake. But Pat Jenkins came up behind them. Fudge ripple pancakes? That sounds good. Where do you buy those? You can't buy them, said Michael. You have to make them at home. How? asked Pat. Uh, you pour chocolate syrup around the pancake batter, but don't mix it up the way you get, that way you get pancakes with brown stripes. I don't know. I didn't know you were interested in cooking, Michael. Only pancakes, Jason chuckled. What are you laughing about, Jason Greensmith? I bet you can't even make regular pancakes. I can too, said Jason, in the toaster. Not frozen ones, said Pat. Chocolate striped ones sound delicious. I'm going to try them. 
The boys changed the code word to ice cream, but Pat had sharp ears. Two days later, she asked, who's this Stanley you're always talking about? He is in the school? Stanley who? said Jason, playing dumb. The one who eats so much ice cream? Somebody should tell him that it's not good for him, or his cat, Fluffy, either. The boys promised to tell Stanley and then chuckled all the way down the hall. On Friday night, as Michael and Norman were wheeling their plants into the living room, Norman warned, You have to stay out of the room so we can talk, and don't listen at the door. I'm not interested in anything you and Bob talk about, and don't run in, in with any funny heads on to scare us. You're the one who does that, not me. Okay, but don't forget to put, put Fluffy's food out, and not too early, so Bob won't see it. Stop telling me what to do, said Michael. I'll feed Fluffy and Stanley at the same time. Well, don't put their sock pieces too close together. Then they might get into a fight. It's Fudge Ripple tonight, you know. Yeah, yeah, I'll watch out for dueling vines if they start fighting. I'll get my blaster and serp them to submission. When the doorbell rang, Norman ran in to let ran to let Bob in. What are we having to eat? asked Bob. Pizza and popcorn. Bob's smile faded when he came into the living room. What are your plants doing here? Michael replied. They're going to keep me company while I sleep on the couch. But I wanted to sleep in your room with the giant plant growling all over, like sleeping in the jungle. Sorry? said Michael. Can we can we take the plant back in there like half a jungle? No, Norman. And I could sleep out here tonight. No, said Michael. Not tonight. Why not? I have my reasons. Come on, said Norman. We can tell scary ghost stories about, mo- about the monster in the jungle. He and Bob ran down the hall. At bedtime, Bob overheard Mom out in the hall telling Dad, It's my turn to use the earplugs and your turn to get up if anything goes wrong. Goes wrong? Bob asked, sticking his head out the hall. Is there something going to go wrong? No, of course not, she reassured him. If something might go wrong, I won't be able to go to sleep. Are you sure nothing will happen? Relax, Bob. Everything will be fine. But if you wake up during the night, remember, please don't go anywhere except the bathroom. No wandering around, okay? And if you need anything, make sure you wake up Norman. Okay, said Bob. I'll try not to worry. All right, all my listeners, I know that we said we were going to um, read up to chapters 11 and 12, but I'm going to have to stop at chapter 11 um, because I have some things to take care of in the library. So I hope you enjoyed the reading of these chapters from the book, The Plant That Ate Dirty Socks by Nancy MacArthur. We will read chapters... 11 through the end of the book, which I believe is chapter 17 next Tuesday. So we will finish out the month of August by finishing the book. If you have story suggestions, you can email me at auntiejojoslibrary at gmail.com. You're also welcome to follow us on Instagram, or you can send a voice message on whatever app you're using to listen to the podcast. As always, I'm looking forward to sharing more stories with you.